On this episode of Fantasy NFL Today, we break down... That's right, the Roadrunner, race car Lamar and the Baltimore Ravens. We discuss Lamar Jackson's value and current ADP, and if you should be taking him early in your drafts or if we're still waiting on quarterbacks. We also discuss the wide receiver situation in Baltimore. Are any of these receivers worth an early pick? Can any of these receivers be a wide receiver one or two for your team? And what about tight end Mark Andrews or the tight end position overall? Should we invest in a high quality tight end early in your draft or should we also wait on that? All of these questions will be answered. Plus, I have two tasty, real tasty bets to keep your eye on involving these Baltimore Ravens. You'll want to check it out. It's at the end of the episode. So let's get started. Welcome back to another episode of Fantasy NFL Today. I am your host, Anthony Germain. You can find me on Twitter at the Talking Sunday handle. That's T-A-L-K-I-N-G, Sunday, all one word, on Twitter. Today is Wednesday, July 7th, coming to you hot from Sea Isle, New Jersey still. Again, another scorching day out there. Another really, really hot day. Still enjoying my time down here with the family. Um, so if you missed yesterday's show, we basically went over, uh, all the great fantasy players that you can, uh, pick and choose from for the Pittsburgh Steelers. So what I wanted to do today was keep it in the AFC North. Um, and we're going to actually dive into the Baltimore Ravens here. A lot of exciting players there, high powered offense, lots of points to be scored. So which fantasy players are you going to take on your draft night? Which ones are you overdrafting and which ones may be going undrafted that have some value? So let's begin with the biggest and baddest dude on the team, Lamar Jackson, or as I like to call him, Race Car Lamar, the Roadrunner. Meet me. After coming off his 2019 MVP season, a lot of people last year overvalued Jackson and were taking him in the first and second rounds. Now, again, if you listen to my very first episode and you follow my draft strategy, I'm very anti any position besides the running back within the first three rounds. If you can, you always want to go running back, running back, running back. If your third option at running back isn't a workhorse back or somebody that's going to get the opportunity to blossom later down the line, you know, then we'll go with a premium wide receiver pick there and maybe scoop up a rookie running back later. But... Never take a quarterback, in my opinion, never take a quarterback within the first three rounds. Now, we also saw this with Kansas City quarterback Patrick Mahomes. Mahomes was going in the first round in most drafts. And again, that's a big no-no because even though he finished third amongst the rankings, you know, he finished behind Aaron Rodgers and Josh Allen, who were picked up much later within the draft. And then if you look at quarterback Lamar Jackson, who went in the second round last year, remember coming off that MVP type season, he finished just inside the top 10, coming in 10th, right behind quarterback Ryan Tannehill and Justin Herbert, who also went very late in the draft. 
So there's really no point in wasting draft capital early on in a quarterback because one, the quarterback position is very deep. And two, there really isn't that much of a fall off within points of, of all these quarterbacks. If you look at Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson from last year, Kyler Murray and Tom Brady, they all range within about in the standard league here, about 417 points on the year, all the way up to Russell Wilson with 490 uh, 439 points on the year. I mean, that's just a difference of about 20 points. So yes, Jackson showed some regression, and that seemed to be inevitable coming off that MVP-type season. Again, whenever a player has a real big pinnacle year, I tend to stay away from them because the following year, they're always, always, always overvalued, and that's exactly what we saw last year. A lot of people will blame the offensive line, which was also dramatically worse. And the run game was less effective. So that also played into the regression for Jackson. The Ravens offense also became very predictable as the league caught on to how to slow Jackson down, forcing him to throw more, which is not a strong suit. Although accurate over the middle or within 10 yards, he was extremely inaccurate outside the numbers, and especially with his deep ball, which led to frustration from quote-unquote star Hollywood Brown. And can we please start calling this guy by his real name, Marquise? Nobody gets to give themselves a nickname until they actually do something in the NFL. Why are we calling this guy Hollywood Brown when he's never even eclipsed over 800 receiving yards in one season? And since Lamar Jackson has taken over at the quarterback position, he has yet to get any of his wide receivers over 800 receiving yards. So where do I stand on Lamar Jackson this year. If you listen to the previous episode, you'll know that my love or hate for a player all revolves around the, their current ADP and where they're going in these fantasy drafts. I hated Lamar Jackson last year because he was going early in the first or second round. This year, Yahoo has his current ADP as a middle fifth round pick. And I love that. I find that to be absolutely fantastic value. Why? Because I start looking for my quarterbacks that I want going into that season, starting in the fourth round, but I'll usually select my quarterback in the fifth round. If you follow my draft strategy, the robust running back draft strategy, you're always going to want a strong quarterback as your, as your QB1. Later in the draft, you'll want to grab a QB2, much later in the draft, that has upside. That way, if anything happens to your QB1 or your QB1 has a down year, your QB2 that's sitting and waiting on your bench hopefully blossoms or becomes a stud during the year. I've done this two years ago with Ryan Tannehill when Ryan Tannehill suddenly blossomed and took over for Marcus Mariota in Tennessee. And last year, I've done this with Justin Herbert. Took a gamble on Justin Herbert and he turned out to be the absolute stud that he is today. So Lamar Jackson in the fifth round is that nice sweet spot and he's exactly where I want him. And the beautiful thing about him is he's basically a cheat code. He's basically giving your team another opportunity to start a running back in the quarterback position. In 2019, he led the team in rushing yards going for over 1,200 yards and seven touchdowns which was 200 more rushing yards than the leading back at the time, Mark Ingram. Last year, he led the team again with over 1,000 rushing yards and seven touchdowns, also 200 more yards than last year's lead running back, who happened to be rookie J.K. Dobbins. 
So again, getting Lamar Jackson in the fifth round is right where you want to see him in his absolutely fantastic value. You have to go get yourself some race car Lamar. If you're following my draft strategy and within the first three rounds, let's pretend you're drafting in the back of the draft and say you're picking 10th. And with our first pick, let's pretend we take Cam Akers. Come around the hook with our second pick, let's pretend we get a maybe an Antonio Gibson in Washington or a Najee Harris in Pittsburgh like we discussed yesterday. And then on the third round, when it comes all the way back to you, let's pretend that there's a Chris Carson or a David Montgomery there. And those are your three stud running backs to start. So now we're in that fourth round coming around the hook. Now it's really important here to look for a nice premium receiver, maybe like a Julio Jones, because people might start to think that he's getting older. He's a little more injury prone, but maybe he's gone and maybe a Michael Thomas is lingering around or a Mike Evans is lingering around. Those guys you might want to consider picking up for a fourth round pick is a, is great value right there. But if not, again, this is where I start to look at the quarterbacks that are still available. I can guarantee you Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen will probably be gone and maybe even Kyler Murray. Good. Let those guys take them early. Better for you. Better for your team. Better for your value overall. But again, if we're looking at what Lamar Jackson offers for your fantasy team and what I value the most, getting Lamar Jackson in the fourth round is still incredible value. Again, he's like adding a fourth running back now at this point. Points, 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 points. So go get yourself some race car Lamar, or as I like to call him, the roadrunner. All right, well, those are my feelings on Lamar Jackson. Again, I love him. Love, love, love Lamar Jackson this year. And so does pretty much everybody else in the national media. And what I mean by that is it seems that nobody wants to put any blame on Jackson and his throwing woes. And the league will go out of their way to absolutely protect the Baltimore Ravens at all costs. It's absurd how much the NFL loves the Baltimore Ravens and wants Lamar Jackson to be the face of the NFL. If you just look at last year, perfect example, um, in the middle of the pandemic and when teams would get ravished with COVID, the extension that they gave the Ravens for that Thanksgiving night, the Ravens were supposed to play the Steelers Thanksgiving night. And because the Ravens had a COVID outbreak, they postponed their game by almost a week, waiting for everybody to get healthy. Now, if you compare that, if you remember, that the Denver Broncos, similar situation. The Broncos had a COVID outbreak in the locker room. It was so bad to the point, actually, I think it was just the quarterbacks, which is what I'm getting to. It was so bad that the team didn't even have a starting quarterback and they had to call one up from the practice squad. Someone that I believe played quarterback at Vanderbilt. I could be wrong about that, but uh, he hasn't. Uh, he this guy didn't throw a pass in the NFL or, or even a pass in a meaningful game. But I think for like two years. But the NFL didn't care. They let the Broncos go, go out there and play with this guy backup. They got absolutely destroyed. I think it was the Saints, Taysom Hill, and the Saints visiting. They were in Denver, but it was just it was just a complete crap complete utter crap what they were doing and it's just obvious how much they want the Ravens to succeed and it shows again this year if you look at their schedule they have the easiest or most favorable schedule compared to the Steelers Bengals or Browns so anyways before the national media will ever say anything negative about Lamar what they do is shoulder the blame on the wide receivers so what did the team do about the wide receiver situation 
Well, they started by letting go of Willie Sneed, who ultimately signed with the Raiders, and they replaced him by bringing in Sammy Watkins from Kansas City. Many will consider Watkins to be a bust, considering where he was drafted and the hype around him coming out of college football. I remember when Watkins came out, people were talking of, talking him up like he was going to be the next Julio Jones and yada yada, but he never really panned out to that. But even though he started his career off slow, he's been a pretty solid receiver over the last couple of years, especially with the Chiefs. He had some big catches in the playoffs. I think he had a big catch in the Super Bowl when the team needed it most. And he's been a, he's been a reliable receiver. I like the signing of Sammy Watkins, and I hope it helps. But they also took it a step further when they drafted wide receiver Rashad Bateman with the 27th overall pick in the first round. Now, Bateman comes from Minnesota, and he's exactly the type of receiver you're looking for in the NFL. He's a big body, six foot two, 210 pounds. You know, that's really where you want your wide receiver to be. There's a sweet spot. One of these dynasty websites that I follow um, on playerprofiler.com or the Roto Underworld guys, they've been able to identify that most successful wide receiver number one type receivers are usually between six foot and six foot three. So Bateman coming in around six foot on one side, one website I saw, or six foot two, you know, he really hits that sweet spot and he has all the tangibles you're really looking for in a, in a true wide receiver number one. He also had a nice breakout age at 19, which is also a good indicator when when transitioning or having success in the NFL. You know, the younger the receiver has a breakout year in college. So at like if, if the receiver breaks out around the age of 18 or 19, that's a real good indicator that they'll be successful in the NFL. And he was also one of the highest graded receivers in the country, according to Pro Football Focus, as a sophomore and led the nation in yards per route run from the outside alignment. So he was a very, very, very good prospect, highly touted guy coming out of college. But I was so, 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 so disappointed when the Baltimore Ravens selected this guy. I was really looking forward to owning him in Dynasty or Keeper League. But now that he's there with the Baltimore Ravens, it was like someone stabbed me in the heart. The Ravens are an absolute graveyard for wide receivers. And it's a real shame. It's a real shame because I really, really was looking forward to seeing this guy blossom. It's just I worry about Lamar Jackson's accuracy outside the numbers. When he throws to the outside, he's just not as accurate and not not effective. He overthrows a lot of receivers deep or outside the numbers. But the Ravens didn't stop there. They continued to add another wide receiver with the selection of Tillon Wallace out of Oklahoma State. Again, another real solid wide receiver who had another breakout age or another breakout year at the age of 19. He accumulated just under 1500 yards and 12 touchdowns that season before a slight dip in his production the last two seasons with the Cowboys. He doesn't quite have the blazing speed that you're looking for at the NFL level. So a move to the inside at the playing the slot position may fit his style more. Kind of what we saw from Willie Sneed last year. So with all that and the reshuffling of the deck at the wide receiver position, there should be no more excuses for Lamar Jackson. This is it. This is his season to prove that he is accurate and he can deliver the ball from the pocket effectively too. So are any of these guys worth a spot on your rosters. 
As of right now, Yahoo has Rashad Bateman as the top drafted wide receiver going from the Ravens, with a current ADP at the top of the 14th round, followed by Hollywood Brown's current ADP in the middle of the 14th round. Sammy Watkins or Tillon Wallace are going extremely late or undrafted in most leagues. And all of these receivers' ADPs feel, you know, they feel correct to me. Until Jackson can prove that he can get a receiver over 1,000 yards, or 800 yards for that matter, I'm not really relying on any of these receivers to bring me success and win me a championship. You don't want Rashad Bateman or Hollywood Brown as your wide receiver one or your wide receiver two. Wide receiver three, we can talk. Wide receiver three is fine. If I can get 800 yards and seven touchdowns from my wide receiver three, that's great. That's good, solid depth. But really what you want from wide receiver one and wide receiver two is you want a guy that's going to get you at least over 1,000 yards. And, you know, possibly what you really want is double-digit touchdowns, obviously. Now, I think Hollywood Brown will continue to get love from the fantasy community, but he's boom or bust. He's too inconsistent on a weekly basis to trust in your lineup. One week, he'll get you 16 points, and then the next week, he'll get you four points. And as discussed, I don't really do well with boomer bust guys. And if you're in a best ball league, those guys are great. Hollywood Brown has more value in a best ball league than he does in a redraft standard or half point PPR. Brown finished 32nd in the wide receiver rankings behind guys like Corey Davis and Cole Beasley. So let's not waste a roster spot on Hollywood Brown. And there is a lot, a lot of love for Rashad Bateman, especially in the dynasty community. They love Rashad Bateman. I love Rashad Bateman, but I think the problem is with a lot of these dynasty guys, I think a lot of them are living in denial. They're pretending that Lamar Jackson at quarterback isn't a problem or it will just go away on its own. The problem will just vanish, but it's not. At least not this year, it's not. I don't think it's going away ever, to be honest with you, but it, we're talking about this year's fantasy rosters. I'm not wasting a spot on Rashad Bateman. But it's not all doom and gloom for these wide receivers. I actually think out of all four of these guys, Rashad Bateman, Hollywood Brown, Sammy Watkins, and Tillon Wallace, I think a good sneaky play here could be Sammy Watkins. Think about it. Watkins is the only one on that team with real solid veteran experience. He's played in big playoff games. He's been in the league for more, more years than most of these guys. Now, I'm not saying he'll go for over 1,000 yards or anything like that, but he could be serviceable or the most reliable receiver on that team. I think out of all these receivers, Watkins is the one to own. As a bench guy, he'll be a good, solid player for you, and you can get him for nothing. Pennies on the dollar. And if you think that's crazy, there's been reports coming out of Ravens minicamps that Watkins was the best receiver at minicamp. <clears throat> that he's reeling in contested catches and burning Pro Bowl cornerback Marlon Humphreys for long touchdowns. And has shown incredible chemistry with Lamar Jackson. And here's a quote from Lamar Jackson from camp. I'm not going to lie to you. It's fun, Jackson said. A big receiver, nice target, fast guy. Sammy is going to make our job a lot easier. So go get yourself some Sammy Watkins as your fifth or maybe even your sixth wide receiver. Build that depth, and I don't think you'll regret having a solid, reliable receiver like Watkins. All right, so another reason why you don't really want to invest in any of these Baltimore receivers early 
is because of how heavily the tight ends are featured in the offense. Since Mark Andrews has burst onto the scene in 2018 out of Oklahoma, he's been one of the best tight ends to play the game. Baltimore usually has good tight ends. If you go through their history, they've been a tight end heavy team. More recently, we had Todd Heaps of the world, Dennis Pitta, that were fantasy relevant. So it's not surprising that now they have a guy like Mark Andrews. So Yahoo has Mark Andrews' current ADP sitting around the end of the fifth round, which I think is a good spot for him. Uh, During Lamar Jackson's 2019 MVP campaign, he led the the team in receiving yards with 852, and he also reeled in 10 touchdowns. And then last year, he came in second in receiving yards on the team with 701 receiving yards and seven touchdowns. So I think the fifth round, especially the tight end position, since it's, it's, it's a rare position to find good quality tight ends, I think that's right. But if you again, if you're following my, strat, my draft strategy advice that I do year to year, I never draft tight ends that early. So for me, I won't be drafting Mark Andrews or a Travis Kelsey or a Darren Waller early unless your league is giving you a tight end premium where you're getting one point per reception for tight ends. Yes, I would draft Mark Andrews probably even earlier just because of how heavy the Baltimore Ravens involve their tight ends. But in a standard or even a half point PPR league, I'm, I'm not touching these tight ends early within probably the first seven rounds, to be honest with you. I usually start to look at my tight end around rounds nine or 10. And, I, and again, I have, I have some good quality tight ends that we can get later in the draft. And I'll be sharing with you in the future episodes here on Fantasy NFL Today presented by Hoopball. So just to review what we talked about so far, my biggest takeaways for, from the fantasy world who we're taking. The best value, I have Lamar Jackson in rounds four or five. Again, I love that. Let's, do, let's use our cheat codes. Let's plug in those game genies or those game sharks for those of you listening that are old enough to know what that is. Let's use Lamar Jackson as our fourth or fifth running back at the quarterback position. Phenomenal value in the fourth or fifth round. I also really like Sammy Watkins late. You can get Sammy Watkins right before you draft your kicker or right before you draft your defense, maybe in that 14th round, 15th round, wherever you pick them. You can get them for free, pennies on the dollar. And for overvalued picks, you know, I don't really have much. Maybe a slight overvaluation with Andrews just because with my strategy, the tight ends, you know, I don't tend to go with them early. But, you know, I think he's, I, I think he's where he should be, but maybe slightly overvaluated. Uh, but none, really. The wide receivers are right where they should be, 14th round, the, uh, Bateman and um, Hollywood Brown, right where they should be. So I, w- I wouldn't necessarily call them overvalued. But, you know, it is what it is. Okay, so let's switch over to one last segment before we wrap up here, and let's talk about the betting market a bit. So what I like to do is, before the season starts, I like to go through every team's schedule and really pinpoint games where teams are at a disadvantage or have a big advantage over somebody else, whether it's short rest, whether it's how much a team is traveling, things like that. Things like that, I'll pinpoint and I'll find a weakness and we'll attack. So after really going through the schedule with a fine tooth comb, I found two games I really want to keep my eye on here that I'd like to share with you. The first game is week one, the Baltimore Ravens at the Las Vegas Raiders for Monday night football. 
The Raiders will be debuting their brand new stadium in Las Vegas with a full crowd, full capacity crowd. So I'm expecting the stadium to be electric. The current line has the Baltimore Ravens favored on the road by four and a half points. Now I have the Ravens favored by about four points if it were on a neutral field. So if we factor in the Raiders opening their brand new stadium with the full crowd for the first time and primetime football, Monday night football, that's probably going to drop them down a bit to right around a field goal, minus three. So I think the Ravens are slightly overvalued here. And if you look at it on surface, at first glance, even a casual fan would think that the Ravens would absolutely crush the Raiders. And the fact that it's at minus four and a half was already shocking. But after digging and going through all my numbers, the Ravens are actually overvalued here. And John Gruden tends to get up for big games as well. If you ever notice, the, Ra- the Raiders have a habit of doing this weird thing where, the- where they'll beat the best team in the league, Kansas City, and then the next week lose to the Jets. Well, this game gets as big as it can. So there is some value to be had on the Las Vegas Raiders in week one. Another tasty bet to keep our eyes on. Week five, the Indianapolis Colts travel to Baltimore with the Ravens being favored by four points. Now, the kicker here is this will be Indy's third straight road game. So after being home for two straight weeks, the Colts will hit the road for three straight away games. They'll first face the Titans in Nashville, followed by the Dolphins in Miami, where it will probably still be hotter than hell there in early October, to finally wrap up their long trip with a visit to a tough Ravens team in Baltimore for Monday night football. Not only is it exhausting to travel that much, but the final game will be on primetime, so you can expect Baltimore to be fired up. While it will be much tougher for the Colts to be motivated after all of the traveling that they've endured. So I'm really keeping my eyes on this and I may take the Ravens minus four in week five, Monday Night Football, before the season starts. And lastly, I really like Baltimore to win the division this year. Like I said earlier, the NFL really, really loves the Ravens and they've gone out of their way to give them a soft cupcake schedule. The only problem is You're only getting plus 125 for the Ravens to win the division. So I'm not sure if it's worth the weight on a on a plus 125. Basically, the odds aren't high enough for me to wait an entire season to cash that ticket. But if you like the Baltimore Ravens and you're comfortable with that plus 125. All right, guys, that's the show for today. Hope everyone enjoyed it. We'll be back tomorrow. We'll be breaking down, I think, the Cleveland Browns. We'll be taking a look at Baker Mayfield and if he's an an optimal quarterback one for your rosters. We'll also be taking a look at that backfield, the split backfield between Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. And then we'll take a look at Odell Beckham. Is Odell Beckham still a reliable wide receiver for your fantasy teams or is he holding this Browns offense back? So we'll discuss all of that tomorrow right here on Fantasy NFL Today. And I look forward to seeing you guys tomorrow. Have a good one.